Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you start to get it and you start to realize it's a big moment where you, you think that you feel really good because you know that the majority of the properties that you're going to buy are going to be are going to outperform the market. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump, and in this episode, we're speaking with business owner and seasoned investor Luke Bailey. Growing up in rural South Australia, stay tuned to find out from a young age how he started investing buying two properties before he turned 21 and the highs and lows of his journey so far. In addition to building up his investment portfolio, Bailey also owns his own business which runs out of Adelaide. I am a buyer's agent so I buy properties uh, for people all around Australia in predominantly in the Adelaide market and also the Tasmanian markets currently as well. Initially, Bailey was on quite a different career path. This is my own business so I've been uh, running this business for a little over 12 months now. Um, so originally, I was actually an electrician working away in the fly and fly out industry and, and the mining industry. Um, and I was a property investor from a very young age and I just saw the shortage in Adelaide of uh, buyer's agents and wanted to follow my passion. So that, that's why I started uh, Fortier Property, which is a buyer's agency. After seeing a gap in the market, Bailey's business took off. I just saw, I guess, what was happening um, you know, in Sydney and Melbourne with the buyer's agent industry. It really has uh, taken off and people are now understanding the need for a buyer's agent. So that's why um, you know, I really felt that this can, you, know, you can bring that model from Sydney and Melbourne across to Adelaide. Bailey's daily routine consists of finding and servicing his clients. It's a matter of uh, finding clients um, as a buyer's agent. So you're having a lot of uh, referral meetings with business to businesses. Uh, and then also managing and prospecting the current clients that you have. So that it's usually split up a uh, combination of uh, winning business and also closing business, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a juggling act, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> being managing clients and also looking for deals at the same time. Yeah, look, it, it certainly is. And you, you've got to uh, really plan and structure your day. So you, you're getting the most out of that. So, you know, as a business owner, it's a combination of they're winning business, but you've also got to manage the, the current clients that you have, make sure that they are being properly uh, serviced. He grew up in a small town outside of Adelaide before moving to the city. Yeah, I grew up in a small town called Goa, which is actually on the south coast of Adelaide. So it's around, around an hour, hour and a half uh, from Adelaide on the south coast. 
Um, so I'm, cu- I'm currently living and uh, yeah, living in Glenelg in Adelaide. Bailey attended a small rural school not too far from his hometown. So I actually went to a, a school called Mount Compass, which was it's a very country type school. Um, you know, there's a lot of farming around the area. Um, it's around 20 minutes from Goa, around 40 minutes south of Adelaide, but it's a, a small uh, community and um, yeah, it was great school. Yeah, when, when you say small, how, how, how many people are we talking about? Look, the town probably has maybe 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 2,000 people um, and, and the school probably 300, but there's a lot of farms around uh, Mount Compass that um, you know, have kids coming into the, to the main school. Being 40 minutes from the CBD is a long way for someone from a smaller city. I mean, it's, it's funny because when I um, am buying properties personally as an investor but also for clients in Hobart and, you know, nobody, if you started talking more than 25 minutes away from Hobart CBD, the locals would say, what do you mean 25 minutes? It's a, lo- it's a long way but when, when you're you know, talking about Sydney and Melbourne, it's, you know, it's quite, <laughs> quite a small distance. Bailey stayed in school until year 11 before working hard at an apprenticeship. So I went to, went to high school, finished in year 11, and then I wasn't someone that was ever going to go to university and I, I wanted to get a trade background. So I actually started working away in the mining industry in oil and gas when I was 17 years old. And you know, it's quite young when, yeah. when you're when, yeah, being, being exposed to that. And um, I guess I was lucky enough at the time to, to actually get an electrical apprenticeship where I spent uh, four years uh, flying fly out, working away, finishing that apprenticeship. He elaborates on what he means by fly in, fly out. So fly in, fly out is um, you, you're not residential. So basically, I was living in uh, in Goolwa at the time, but you would take a plane from from Adelaide and you would fly to a remote mining uh, mining camp, basically where there's you know, it might be 2,000, 3,000 uh, miners or workers that fly from all around Australia. So fly and fly out, it means you, you don't actually live there. You, you, you're positioned there and you live on site, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, okay. So how, how long would you be staying in those places in the mining area? Typically anywhere from two to four weeks. So you would be on a roster where uh, there's many different rosters out there, but typically it was two weeks on two weeks off or it might have been three weeks on, one week off, but it typically was, um, you know, a four-week cycle. Having so much free time gave Bailey the ability to look into property. It's quite a good lifestyle to be honest and it's, it's um, it gives you a lot of a lot of free time and, you know, I'd, I'd catch up with friends. I would, um, you know, I started to get into property at a young age and I'd do a lot of research with property and, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, just, just live, live my life and did a little, little bit of travel, which was also good as well. He explains what kind of work he was doing at the time. It was initially oil and gas sites. So they were they would extract the oil out of the ground and it would go through the different processes. And then, yes, yeah, so I was doing all the electrical work uh, for these big mine sites uh, or oil and gas sites, should I say, uh, around Australia, predominantly uh, northern part of South Australia, but also in parts of Queensland as well. He wasn't doing the typical residential jobs you would expect from an electrical apprentice. It's completely different. It's actually, um, yeah, a, a complete different ball game. You know, when I was actually 
you know, I'd, I'd almost finished my apprenticeship and I had never actually wired a house from start to finish, which sounds very funny for people <laughs> thinking, hey, hey, <laughs> you're, you're an electrician, but you've never wired a house. But it was true um, because it was it was different type of work and different type um, of electrical work, but it's uh, yeah, just a different concept when you explain that to people. Bailey explains the main difference between electrical work in the mines and residential electrical work. In terms of the work, it, with, with mining electrical work, it's typically things like big motors and big uh, control panels and things that are controlling the sometimes the the, ga- the flow of gas and and things like that opposed to uh, domestic which would be you know power points lights fans air conditioners these sort of things so it, it's a it's a big difference that that's for sure Bailey spent over a decade dedicated to this trade I spent about four and a half years away working um, during my apprenticeship. And then from there, I worked probably for another six or seven years as an electrician on and off in the fly and fly out industry, working uh, all around Australia. So offshore facilities off the coast of Western Australia, uh, Queensland, uh, Northern Territory. So I, I stuck in the role uh, on and off for, for you know a number of years um, gaining experience and, and just working in different environments. Coming up after the break, we'll hear all about how Luke Bailey started his property investment journey. Well, my my first property uh, when I was nineteen, I was, I guess I was, I had the luxury of of being on higher wages than the typical apprentice that was working in the cities. How he educated himself on investment, probably doing a lot of research into other people's journeys and seeing other people that um, had made a couple of mistakes early on. As well as his early investment strategies. So I started buying in some areas of, uh, of Hobart and um, we, I think one of the properties grew, I think 35% in value in one year. All that and more coming up. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Like many young investors, Bailey's parents were a significant factor in encouraging him to enter into the property investment market. My, my parents were, were probably probably the initial force telling me that I, I need to get into into property. You know, um, they, they were property investors themselves, and they were pushing me into property. And I did try other things as well, like you know, I invested in shares and things like that, just to try out to see what was going to best work for me and, and best suit my style. So it was initially the influence from from my parents um, pushing me towards, you know, making a solid investment, first of all. Mm, that's good. And what do your parents do? They're both retired now. My my dad actually was originally uh, worked like a superintendent and a plant manager in the same mine that I was uh, working at. So that was hence how I got the start in, you know, as an apprentice electrician working away at 17 because he, he got me the start. So he was a, um, worked for a, basically Australia's biggest uh, oil and gas company. So he worked his way up the ranks, um, you know, throughout the years. And my mother, she works uh, in local government, so for, for different governments. After earning a good income from a young age, Bailey started investing quite young, buying two properties before he turned 21. Well, my, my first property uh, when I was 19, I was, 
I guess I was I had the luxury of of being on higher wages than the typical apprentice that was working in the city. So that enabled me to get into my property, well, my first property, uh, very quickly. And my second one when I when I was twenty. So I got got on the property ladder quite quite early. Um, and I, I guess um, that was the, the the beginnings of you know investing in property for me. Bailey bought locally, although wasn't yet that educated on investment strategy. Initially, it was on the south coast of uh, South Australia, so around Goolwa and Victor Harbour, which is where I was, uh, you know, living at the time. And I would have done things much differently, um, you know, speaking to my, I guess, my younger self. But I guess uh, the most important thing was, I, you know, I did take action at, at a young age. The the properties that I bought, um, I wouldn't have bought them, you, you know, uh, if I if I knew about different markets at the time but when you're 19 and 20 you really don't know a lot about property to be honest and um, sometimes just getting in the market is the best thing. After the first two purchases, Bailey took some time before entering into the property market for the third time. I, I bought my first one when I was 19, second one when I was 20 and then I had a bit of a break for quite a few years where I didn't buy any properties at all and it, it was probably initially maybe buying the wrong first two properties. I, I didn't see much uh, capital growth there initially and uh, the rental yields were quite low. So I was actually put off a little bit after those first two purchases and it wasn't until I started to, I guess, really educate myself on what makes the property market move, start to get some mentors and people around me that knew a lot more about property than, than I did so I could learn from them and not make um, not not as if the, the first two were, were mistakes. They having you know increased in value, but they weren't the best options at the time. So I guess I didn't really start buying again until I was around twenty five or twenty six. Um, and then from there, I've been able to accelerate the journey and buy buy a number a number of properties since then. Now that I've um, I'm well equipped and well educated, I guess. He shares the ways in which he educated himself on property and investment strategies. Probably doing a lot of research into other people's journeys and seeing other people that um, had made a couple of mistakes early on but being able to resurrect it and accumulate a portfolio. And then once you read stories like that, you get a little bit of inspiration and then you think, hey, maybe there is a way. Maybe that the way that I'm doing things right now isn't the right way and I have to educate myself and find out what is the right way and it was a combination of I guess reading a lot of books and also doing a lot of property courses and education courses based around property investment which is um, probably the initial spark and then finding out that you don't necessarily have to invest in your own backyard. We've got the whole of Australia here that we can invest in and when one place is necessarily going up in value, another place may be declining. So it's about really, I guess, getting ahead of the crowd and really educating yourself. Even after more research and education, Bailey still hit some roadblocks with the next two properties which taught him valuable investment lessons. When I started to get investing a little bit was probably around, well, property three and property four, I started to understand that a little bit more. But I still didn't fully understand it, and I, I realised I wanted to buy higher yielding properties, which was going to increase the cash flow. The flip side of that was sometimes higher yielding properties are in 
lower social economic areas. And that it's not always a bad thing, but if you in lower social economic areas, you can attract bad tenants. And I, I, I've had a basically a place I bought um, uh, trashed, and and I couldn't get the tenant out. Um, so it was it was probably you know a six to eight month eight month period where I you know in the in the end it turned out okay, but I just had to obviously you know fix the house up, try and recoup my you know the damages, try and recoup the the loss of rent, and that was. Bit of a bit of a lesson, I guess, in the fact that high yielding properties can be really good, but you've really got to also do your homework, probably even more so with finding the correct tenant, because that can really uh, bring you undone. He spells out the lesson he learnt from purchasing a property in such an area that was already tenanted. I actually bought it with that same tenant in there, and you know, when you look, when you buy properties, a lot of people think that buying a property with a tenant already in there is a good thing and it, it can be because you've got the guarantee of rent straight away but I guess you can also there might be a reason why that person is selling that property and it could be because of the bad tenant and being a little bit younger and not knowing as much as what I know now that could have been the underlying reason um, so I bought the property with a tenant already in there and then things almost immediately started to go pear-shaped when they were just late on their rent a few times and then I guess they stopped paying rent altogether and then it was hard to get them out. Um, I guess some tenants really know the tenancy laws pretty well and they can sometimes play them to their advantage. And then um, when we finally got them, got them out, we went into the house and it was, you know, there was holes in the, like holes in the brickwork all the way through and, um, you know, doors that have been ripped off, um, windows that have been smashed. And it wasn't, you know, the best experience, but I try and put it down as a good lesson now. Despite the hiccups, Bailey has had some great investment experiences too. When I, um, I started to buy personally uh, in Hobart around uh, probably 18 months to two years ago or something like that. And, it was Hobart was really starting to move in some of the uh, suburbs and a lot of the inner sort of city suburbs, you know, three to four kilometres from the, the CBD started to really move in, in in value. And then I started to do some uh, research into the ripple effect of of how when one suburb starts to go, the next suburb, and, and, and did a lot of research into that. So I started buying in some areas of, uh, of Hobart and um, we – I think one of the properties grew, I think, 35% in value in one year. And that, that was probably a an aha moment for me because I realised that if you really know what you're looking for when you, you're studying the property markets, and I'm a very analytical person, so I, I dive deep into data and what makes the property market move and, you know, sales volumes are starting to increase and days on market are reducing, all those technical things. Um, when you start to get it and you start to realise it's a big moment where you, you think that if, if, if you, feel, you feel really good because you know that the majority of the properties that you're going to buy are going to be are going to outperform the market. Yeah, wow. And that, that's really inspiring to hear because once you actually figure that out, which you, you have, um, it's like that turning point. You go, okay, I've got to start buying more and, and just scale it up. Yeah, c- correct. And it's about, I guess, not getting uh, you know ahead of yourself but really – once you once you work out some of the 
fundamental things that cause price growth, you, you really uh, start. You can start to dig into that and really um, look at the property cycle and where are the next best places to invest. And um, obviously, being a buyer's agent now, I can relay some of that information onto my clients, which is fantastic to see them have results as well. To understand his timeline, Bailey's third purchase was his primary residence before continuing to grow his investment portfolio. Basically, I was working away in the flying flower industry, so that the third one was actually my primary residence that I bought, and then that's uh, done really well. And then the fourth property was an investment property, and then um, yeah, from from then on in, it was a number of investments. Bailey started buying again a few years ago. I mean, that was around. Third property might have been around uh, 2013, so what's that, around six years ago now. So, inspired by Luke Bailey's investment story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where he shares his current investment strategies for growing his portfolio. So I'm looking at you know, high-yielding properties where the, the rent will cover all the associated costs with that house is probably the rule number one. The mentors and resources that encourage his investment success. I managed to find some people within uh, within my networks that you know owns you know 50 60 100 properties and managed to um, you know, get in front of some people for, for a coffee or, or for a lunch as well as the best advice he's ever received someone really started to teach me about the power of leverage not um, not over leveraging but the power of, of leverage and that's next time on a future episode of property investory <laughs>